It's time for an episode of Game Changers on the imbalanced history of rock and roll. I'm Ray Coob. I'm Marcus Goldman. And we've talked about it as long as we've been friends, how some things, some songs, some bands, some albums, some events, change things forever. And that's when we came up with the concept of Game Changers. And this one is not only easy to see on a mass scale, it's very much a game changer for young Marcus and young Ray. There's no doubt about it. Songs in the Key of Life is one of the greatest albums ever recorded. It is a masterpiece as far as records go. It was created at a time when there was a lot of insanity, a lot of uncertainty in Stevie Wonder's life, and he had no idea where he was going to go or what he was going to do, and he ended up putting this masterpiece together. He was without a record contract. He had just won consecutive Grammys with Intervisions and fulfilling this first finale. And so he was on top of the world. And then he didn't have this record contract and he had to figure out what he was going to do. It's an amazing position to be in for an artist in that era, right? Now, how did he end up sticking with Barry Gordy and Tamla Motown? Well, he was thinking about quitting the music business at this time because he was very unsure of where he was going to go, what direction he was going to go in. And he was actually thinking about emigrating to Ghana to work with handicapped children and do more charity work there because he was really upset with the U.S. government and how our government was handling its business over in Ghana. So he was thinking about going over there for a while and was trying to figure out what to do. So he's really at a crossroads in his life and his career, and he ends up back on Motown Tamla and sets off to make this album. I think, in some ways, it's a life-defining event for him. It helps him to find his way forward, to be creative, to the nth degree, a progression of all the music that he's been making in the 70s so far. Can we talk about that for a second? Well, yeah, it was a $37 million record deal that gave him full creativity and full creative control over the music that he was going to put out. So, yes. Now, knowing Barry Gordy with as much as we've learned about him, it had to be a pretty damn sure deal that he was going to be okay making that deal. So you knew he had great confidence because of what had led up to this, all right? Now, we've talked about what we call the bridge albums, Where I'm Coming From in 71 and Music of My Mind in 72, right? Mm -hmm. And then comes an age of consciousness, if you will, with talking book and inner visions and fulfilling this first finale. All three saying things, making points, and still selling tons of records, right? tons of records he was literally at the top of the world as far as pop and music and soul and whatever category you want to put him in he was at the top of the world because and everybody he was the loved man him in the world he was so damn cool it was unbelievable so that's kind of the stage that's set for when he decides to make what becomes songs in the key of life And even though formal recording didn't really get started until 76, in 74 and 75, he'd been stopping at studios along the way and recording pieces here and there, recording songs and working on stuff. In fact, there's an early live recording of what turned out to be Contusion from 1973 at a live performance as well that you can find on the interwebs. 
He could never believe that all this material was being created and not tried out in some way. And thanks to YouTube and all the great uh, websites out there, we can find most of it. I know. We're lucky that so much of it has been archived for us to be able to research, which is so important. Their mission is part of our mission here on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll podcast. So multiple studios, Hollywood, L.A., Sausalito, New York, all the big names, Record Plant, Crystal Sound, Hit Factory. He's inducting his own personal army of musicians and singers to help him to make this amazing sound, this amazing thing. Yeah, the Wonderlove band really played a big part in this record. And right when he signed the deal with Motown to work on songs in the Key of Life, he had just gone through the replacement of a bunch of Wonderlove members. And he also kept Michael Cimbello, Denise Williams, and Shirley Brower from before. So he had this group, drummer Raymond Pounds, bassist Nathan Watts, trumpeter Raymond Maldonado, saxophonist Hank Red, guitarist Ben Bridges, and keyboardist Greg Fillingains. And they were the Wonderlove group that did a lot of the little bits and pieces on Songs in the Key of Life. But. There was like 300 people in total. <laughs> stuff. They got credit, man. There's a whole lot of people out there didn't do a whole lot else that are walking around going, but I was on Songs in the Key of Life, motherfucker. Now, these ladies would have said it nicer, but think about this as a trio of backup singers on Ordinary Pain, Minnie Ripperton, Denise Williams, and Sarita Wright, and tons of other folks as backup singers all throughout the album. And can we talk about Hank Red on the saxophone, the juice that he adds to songs like I Wish and Sir Duke, Black Man and Another Star or Ordinary Pain? He's a hell of a guy. You got to look him up. Hank Red with two Ds, Marcus. There are people who are the base of every track on the album, but Dean Parks' guitar on As, absolutely essential. And can we talk about George Benson for a second, Marcus, and his role on Another Star? George Benson on guitar is a beautiful thing, man. That dude's guitar work on that song is gorgeous. And he's doing all the do-do-do's and his amazing scat vocals along with Stevie. Such great stuff. Yeah, Stevie did a wonderful job finding musicians that would complement his style throughout the entire record. That's what the whole thing was, finding the right people in the right place and getting them there so they could make this thing together piece by piece. And that included a number of pieces from a Philadelphia guy, Michael Cimbello, who you've pointed out in previous podcasts, is responsible for the 80s hit Maniac, right? Absolutely. And man, listening to his guitar in Wonder Love is just insane. Contributions came from all corners of the world, right? I mean, Michael helped out. He co-wrote Saturn on the EP, which we'll talk about as well. The extra EP, The Overflow of the bounty of the songs of key of life. Uh, he contributed the contusion in Sir Duke and ordinary pain and joy inside your tears and uh, another star. I mean, these guys all got to do a few things and it added up to the most amazing cornucopia of music. And Stevie wonder sitting there in the middle of it. Just the amazing. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Amazing thing when it came out. I'll just say that. Another interesting factoid I found out about this record was that it was originally titled up until the very end called Let's See Life the Way It Is. But he ended up changing the name and settling on Songs in the Key of Life because he was wanting the album's content to represent the entire key of life and its indefinite successes. And it was basically a be good to each other message. That's pretty much the message behind all of it. Everything that happened in his successive albums, telling us what we probably felt already in our hearts, but needed to be told by somebody. Why not Steve? I briefly mentioned the EP, and I remember when I got the album and I got the discs out, that it kind of fell out. I didn't know it was in there at first. It's called a Something's Extra EP, and it was four songs that didn't fit on the album. Saturn, which was co-written with Michael Cimbello, Ebony Eyes, which a lot of people know anyway. It's a favorite all-day sucker and easygoing evening. My mom is called the instrumental, kind of like a little bit of a dessert after two full courses with four sides of amazing music from Stevie Wonder. Can we start at the beginning of side one? Of course we should. Love's in need of love today is one of those songs that just touches you right at the core. You know what I mean? Good morning, or evening, friends. Here's your friendly announcer. I have serious news to pass on to everybody. What I'm about to say could mean the world. 
your joy and laughter to tears and pain. It's that love in need of love today. Don't delay. Send yours in right away. Oh, that song is even more relevant today than it may have been when it was written. It hits you right off the bat because it's accurate. We definitely need more love in our love today. And before we go forward, I want to point out that the songs on side one all work together. And that's why it's important that Stevie got together with his brother Calvin and wrote Have a Talk with God. And if yours you cannot find You should talk it over to him He'll give you peace of mind When you feel your life's too hard Just go have a talk with God Wedged in there between that first beautiful song and Village Ghetto Land Would you like to go with me? Down my dead end street Would you like to come with me To village ghetto land The three of them set the stage for what is a passion play about life, love, God, ghetto. And then it goes off, right? I mean, think about how contusion resets everything, kind of throws everything up in the air without any kind of gravity, and things kind of swirl around. And when you get back down on the ground, you're right there with old Sir Duke. And that song really became not only the battle call to radio and to the world, but reminded a lot of folks of all ethnicity of the importance of our heritage. Music is a world within itself. a joyous celebration of music and that was originally recorded on both 16 track and 24 track machines and they ended up using the 24 track recording on the album do you think it gave them more rich sound wide variety of tone i'm gonna guess that it had a bigger sound and that is why and another thing when you uh were talking about village ghetto land there was a brand new synthesizer called the yamaha gx1 only 10 of them were made stevie wonder had one of them and it 
it made its debut on the Village Ghetto Land recording, and it really changed how they recorded with synthesizers, and it's one of those inventions like the Moog or like the electric guitar that just changed music and how they played and did it. And of course, if there's anybody who's going to dig into a keyboard and understand it to its fullest, that is Stevie Wonder. Wasn't he on the list for a couple different keyboard makers and inventors to get one of the first ones whenever they started making them for, you know, the new keyboards coming out? Absolutely. I think he got to play them all and then he would be like, yeah, I like this one, but it doesn't do this, this and this for me. So, yeah. So I bet he was a critique for him in ways like, hey, does this work for Stevie Wonder? And he also played almost all the instruments on those first couple of songs as well, including that wicked harmonica in a Have a Talk with God. And Sir Duke, closing side one, ends up being the third single. It's what's amazing to me when you think back about it. They came out with I Wish and then Isn't She Lovely, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. And Sir Duke, man, it just crushed as a third single. It did more than just take care of business. And it closes side one. And on side two, we kick off with the song that was the first single. I wish another Stevie Wonder classic. song. I remember hearing this for the first time as a little kid and getting so excited because it was Stevie waxing nostalgia with a little bit of a rose-tinted look at his childhood and that bass groove line that you hear is done by Wonderlove cat Nathan Watts. That bass line really sets the tone for the song and really makes you want to groove and you feel so good reminiscing and such a powerful song. It's a no-brainer for a number one. It may not have been the biggest hit in the world, but the next song on side two, Knocks Me Off My Feet, is one of my absolute favorite songs in the Stevie Wonder songbook. So beautiful. I see us in the park, strolling the summer days of imaginings in my head, and words from my heart, told only to. Picture postcard ballad for sure. And he can write those types of beautiful ballads like nobody's business. And in those days, he was writing songs like that every day. You know, he had to be, right? Because if you look at the number of albums in the 70s and it's like, 
must have just been coming out of morning, noon, and night. The songs in the key of life is his 18th album. I know. And he's like 26. I know. Some people never get there, right? Mm-hmm. And the next song makes him early on one of the most sampled artists, Pastime Paradise. And it is essential. If you haven't heard it, go find it somewhere. Been spending most of their lives living in the pastime This is another one of those songs where Stevie encourages all of us to get our crap together because we are going in the wrong direction. And another one of the songs that he did on that magical Yamaha GX1, those synthesized strings that you hear with that Eleanor Rigby vibe, that's all done on the Yamaha GX1. And the only percussion that he used in this song were cowbells, congas, and stick claps. And I found out while reading about this album that he actually recorded a string straighter version of Pastime Paradise with a drum kit, but he didn't like the way it sounded and went with this version that we got to hear instead. And then he goes the other way on the next song called Summer Soft, and it's pretty much just piano and voice and a few accoutrements, right? And it's another one of my favorite songs on this album that you don't hear on the radio. Summer Soft Wakes you up with a kiss to start the morning off in the midst of herself playing Santa Claus, she brings gifts through her grace. Ronnie Foster is the one who plays the organ to compliment Stevie's keyboards on that one. And to close outside, too, we mentioned Ordinary Pain earlier. And it really is, looking back at it, like an all-star track. Everybody all teaming together, including the backup singers and all the percussionists, all top shelf. And what comes out of those sessions to make that is another reason to call this a masterpiece. Definitely. A song, if you listen to it closely, it's kind of a song of two halves. Part one has that total old school Motown vibe. Stevie Wonder singing about a love gone bad with Minnie Ripperton, Mary Lee Whitney, and his current ex-wife, Sarita Wright, doing backing vocals. Then you have part two where Shirley Brewer comes in and she lets her response to Stevie go and she does not hold back. It is powerful and it is real and it is awesome. Honest. It is Songs in the Key of Life, an episode of Game Changers on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. Ray and Marcus talking about what is clearly one of our favorite albums of all time. And definitely one of the greatest records ever recorded, produced, and put together. 
Well, Marcus, we've already played side one, flipped it over, and played side two while I go put that disc back in the jacket, take out the other disc that has sides three and four, and get it ready to listen and look it over. Why don't we get some fresh boldfoot socks on our feet and head to Crooked Eye and come back with more about Songs in the Key of Life with Stevie Wonder. On the imbalanced history of rock and roll. Here in the wintertime, you still need a great sock because you're going to find a way to work out. Like when it got warm the other day and you told me you were going for a ride. You know, you got to have great socks. And since they started sponsoring our podcast last year, I know when you hit the road, you've got a pair of bold foot socks on those feet. I do. I love my bold foot socks, whether I'm riding outdoors or spinning on a spin bike. They wick the sweat off my feet so I don't get that mushy, yucky, swampy foot feel after doing something athletic. And when it's 40, 50 degrees and the wind can drop the temperature down another 10, having a sock like Boldfoot on to keep your foot a little warmer makes a big difference when you ride. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I can hear Marisa working out downstairs. And I know that she's got her bold foots working overtime when she's working out with Jillian, you know? Definitely. Whether you're working out or going for a ride, or if you're an aggressive walker, you got to check out boldfoot.com. You can pick your design. They have so many to choose from, and a portion of all sock sales go directly to veterans' charities. And, of course, all socks are made in the USA. Veteran-owned, American-sewn. It's Boldfoot Socks. Thanks for the support, gang. It's always great to stop here in the middle of the Imbalance History Podcast and have a little pint of Crooked Eye in the heart of Hapro, pouring the cure for what ails you since 2014. But that doesn't say much about what they are and what they do. Crooked Eye is one of those brew pubs that is really tight within the community and you really get a warm, friendly vibe when you walk in there. They've always got music. There's food now because of the Salty Vets barbecue, and they keep bringing out new brews on a regular basis as well as the old standbys. The winter brews are on the board. Go in and have one and check out some of that Salty Vets barbecue as well. And the entertainment at Crooked Eye, it's always changing, so follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Grab some friends, grab a date, head on over to Crooked Eye for some lovely beers and wonderful food and great atmosphere. In the heart of Hatboro, pouring the cure for what ails you. They are Crooked Eye Brewery, and we thank them for their support of the Imbalance Podcast for about a million years now. Time to continue our conversation about the masterpiece that is known as The Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. It is the imbalanced history of rock and roll. Alongside my partner in crime, Ray Coob, I am Marcus Goldman, and we are going to continue to roll through this album. We talked about the first two sides before the break, and we are going to continue with side three. Ray? When we were at Beck Hall at Kutztown State, and this album had just come out, you had to put down the bong, Marcus, and walk across and take out the one disc and put on the other one. And there at the beginning of side three, I never knew when we would put side three on how this song would affect me in the next couple of years and for the rest of my life because of my daughter, Jess. The song, Isn't She Lovely, 
You don't want to be around when it comes on if I'm in the room. That's all I want to say is fair warning to anyone I know, my friends or whatever. It is one of the most beautiful, meaningful songs to me because, as you know, there is nothing quite like when you see life come into this world. And the first time you see it is unlike anything else you've experienced before that. And that's what that song means to me. And it's a lot. song written about his daughter Aisha. The baby that's crying at the beginning is not Aisha, but when he's talking to the baby during the song, those gurgling sounds, those cute little gurgly sounds, yeah. that is Aisha. Oh, no. And that's a daddy connecting with his baby, and it is so beautiful. And the label originally wanted to do a radio edit of this song and Stevie 100% declined and said I will not cut any of this song out you can either play all of it or not and he held to his ground and did not allow a radio edit. Didn't hurt it and he did it. Not one bit. Another favorite on side three is Joy Inside My Tears. Each of the three songs on this side are in longer form than you would say is standard pop fare. Six and a half minutes of joy inside my tears. I've always come to the conclusion that body is the way of asking for permission to lay something heavy on one's head. So I have tried to not be the one Such a powerful song it is. A lot more positive affirmations and more in the message that we need to be better to each other, which, again, thematically is a very important part of this album. Seems simple, right? Very simple. A progressive soul concept album that has a simple message in the keys of life that if we actually do better and make a little bit of effort, the world can be a better place. If you can see it. It can happen. And sometimes it's visualization or self-visualization that helps. And that's what's behind the next song, Black Man, that actually speaks out and honors all people, all people of color, including the color white. Black Man, Stevie Wonder and Gary Bird working together for the second time on Songs in the Key of Life. Ship on the first Columbus trip was a brown man. 
I love the fact that the message in this song is this world was made for all and it is so true. And why is that so hard for some people to understand? Makes no sense. People who say that they're so quaint. All right, man, I'm going to flip another side and we're going to play side four. And it starts with I am singing, which I just love this song. Unless you really have listened to the album a lot, you don't know it that well, but I love it every time it comes on even though it's on Spotify more often now, we're on CD, right? That Latin groove is a really nice change of pace on the album. And again, it shows not only how important all people are to Stevie Wonder, but music is important in those world beats. And he understands the world beats. And you hear it in this album where he touches on all cultures. Everybody's in the pot together, man. And I don't know what kind of divine inspiration he got, but I'll tell you what. As with life, Marcus, there's a rhythm to this album and the way it moves between the songs is part of it from I Am Singing into If It's Magic and other of the softer songs. It just all flows in the key of life. If it's magic, then why can't it be everlasting? Like the sun that always shines like the poet's endless rhyme Like the galaxies in time If it's pleasing Then why can't it be never leaving Like the day that never fails like on seashores there are shells Like the time that always tells That piano that Stevie plays is gorgeous and Dorothy Ashby is the harpist on that song and together it is magic but he uses magic in this song as a synonym for love and the next song doesn't even try to hide it Marcus the song is simply entitled as 
but there's nothing simple about what's imparted in the song. As around the sun, the earth no seems revolving, and the rosebuds know the bloom in early May. Just as hate knows love's the cure, you can rest your mind assured that I'll be loving you always. Now I can't reveal the mystery of tomorrow. Yeah, there's sort of a swagger and attitude to this song that I really like, and it really keeps the flow of the album going. It starts off on the slower side and builds to the chorus and then takes off on a ride that's so much fun. And to close, side four, another star. I mean, the guy must have written 20, 25 songs that were this amazing. And he, you know, kind of pared it down to the 17, I think it is. And then he added four more in the packaging for the early buyers for what the hell, you know? Go ahead, mm. kids. Enjoy these two. And on another star, George Benson is who plays that beautiful, beautiful guitar that you hear. And jazz yeah. flautist Bobby Humphrey is the one playing the flute. And the way Stevie uses the instruments in the musical pantheon is incredible because he shows you that every single instrument has a place in the rock and roll tree somewhere and he uses instruments and arrangements so brilliantly and as close to perfectly as possible on this album like a painter and his palette he uses every color in every tone of every color in an amazing way all in one double album a few more songs. Wow, what a ride, man. I don't know about you, but I love this album so much. This is something I've looked forward to doing on the podcast for a long time. I really have. I hear you, man. Well, you know, we don't talk about EPs that much because they're not really a thing in the U.S., but Stevie had extra songs, and he wanted to get them out there. And I think they called it a Something's Extra, but it's really an EP. I don't know how many albums had the EP of Something's Extra in it, but those who have it probably still have it in their collection. And it included four songs that were not throwaways at all. Saturn, that he wrote with Michael Cimbello, was a really great song.
That's a song that was originally titled uh, Saginaw, Michigan, as he sang about going back to Saginaw. And Michael Cimbella, when he heard the demo, misheard Saturn and then went back and worked it. And Stevie Wonder was like, yeah, no offense to the people of Saginaw, but it sounds a little bit better as Saturn. (laughs) And the interesting, weird, thematic thing that stood out to me in the story of the song was that what would happen if we were were approached by aliens and guns and Bibles came up in this song and how Americans would handle aliens. It's kind of uh, prophetic or parallel to kind of what we're experiencing today in some ways. The next song I think would have been a number one hit on any album as a focus track or a single, right? Ebony eyes, beautiful stuff from Stevie wonder. That's a honky-tonk jam that Stevie throws down, and Flying Burrito Brother Pete Sneaky Pete Kleinow throws down some steel guitar on that song, too. So cool. All kinds of people jumping in and helping out, right? Can you believe all these people played with Stevie? Yeah. They were lining up to do it, too. Hey, listen, I flipped side one to two. I flipped side three to four. Now i got to flip another one here. It's only two songs. We flip it over, and there's All Day Sucker, a good, funky jam, an easygoing evening. My mom is calling instrumental a great way to kind of play us all out here on this episode about songs in the key of life. Yeah, that's a real fun, funky jam, and the band throws it down hard on that one. So much great music, they couldn't fit it into four sides, and it all kind of fits together in a funny way, in its own way, in the way that makes it resonate in a certain key, the key of life. Stevie Wonder's masterpiece on the imbalanced history of rock and roll, an episode of Game Changers, because people were approaching doing a double album a little differently after this. Many afraid to undertake the task because the bar had been raised pretty high. And after relenting to Paul Simon for one year, reclaim Stevie Wonder's Grammy King crown. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the famous Grammy speech where Paul Simon thanks Stevie Wonder for not releasing an album that year. Yeah, it's because he was too busy making songs in the key of life, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Classic moment. If you have your classic songs in the key of life moment, send us an email. Tell us about it. You can do that at imbalancedhistory at gmail.com or fill out a comment card on our website, imbalancedhistory.com. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. 
pretty much just type in Imbalance History anywhere and you'll find us. And let us know where you are, where you listen. We can see a little bit of that stuff, but we keep seeing people listening all over this beautiful planet. And we want to kind of all connect together as best as we can. And we do it through the music that we all love. And we thank you for sharing your love of the music with us. And we want to thank our sponsors too, Bulbfoot Socks and Crooked Eye Brewery. And uh, till the next time that we can crack the mics together to have some fun and talk about great music here on the Imbalance History. I'm Ray Koob signing off. I'm Marcus Goldman. You are listening to the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.